0: ICA presents. Welcome to Growing Up Com, a production of the ICA Podcast Network. In this series, we talk about topics mainly relevant to students and early career scholars. I'm your host, Lara Schreurs. I'm a postdoctoral researcher at the School for Mass Communication Research at the KU Leuven in Belgium. In today's episode, I will talk with communication scholar Dr. Mesvin Bekalu about building strong professional connections through networking. He will also share some useful tips for early career scholars looking to build their careers internationally and interculturally. So Dr. Bekalu, welcome here. I'm very excited to have this conversation with you today but can I please first ask you to introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about your research trajectory.
1: Thank you Lara for this opportunity. My name is Masfen and I am a research scientist here at Harvard Chan School of Public Health. I got my PhD from Leuven. My research focuses on health communication in general. I am interested in looking at the intended and unintended effects of media and communication on health-related outcomes on knowledge, beliefs, perceptions and behaviors. In general, that is the area I'm working on.
0: Which positions did you hold after you obtained your PhD in the Did you immediately go to Harvard?
1: When I completed my PhD in Leuven in 2014. I was a postdoctoral research fellow in Leuven for one year and then I came to Harvard. I also had a brief stay in Ethiopia for six months. I'm originally from Ethiopia so I went there and I served in a university as an assistant professor there for six months.
0: For a student and early career researcher as myself, that sounds as a very impressive international trajectory. So do you think networking played a role in that?
1: I would say, yeah. Like I said, I'm originally from Ethiopia. That's where I grew up and did my undergrad. So I had to take this proactive effort to reach out to people in my field in order to advance my studies. So it was not through meeting people uh, at conferences as such, but I had to send cold emails and solicited emails to professors in my field looking for opportunities to, uh, to work with them and to advance my career. So, yeah, I would say networking played a role in my career advancement.
0: How would you define networking? Is it just reaching out to people or how should we see the concept of networking? Because it's really a buzzword for us in academia. You have to network, but what is it actually or how should we see it?
1: It's basically reaching out to people, creating new connections, creating new relationships. And also maintaining that relationship, that's the most important thing. Maintaining our connections, our relationships is also critical.
0: And do you have specific tips for networking at conferences?
1: Networking is very important for any professional at any stage of his or her career. But it's particularly very important for students and early career, early stage investigators or scholars because students and early stage scholars can use networking as an important tool for advancing their career goals. This is something I learned from my mentors. Whenever you go to a conference, I think networking needs to be one of your main objectives. Our main goal going to a conference is to present our paper, get feedback on it, and learn from others. But networking should also be an objective. So perhaps one of the things that we need to do is having a short list of people whom we want to meet and network with, and perhaps reaching out to them before the conference and see if we can set up a meeting to talk about our work and stuff. Having networking as one of our objectives, having a plan in short, would be very helpful.
0: Yeah, I really can relate to that because the first time I went to ICA, it was super overwhelming. There are more than 3,000 people there, and you see all these big names that you always are referring to their work and I just didn't dare to reach out to them. So the tip that you now give to reach out before the conference so it's an easier step to have a conversation with them there, I think that's actually very valuable because I never thought about doing that. It was just see what happens at the conference but doing it before I think that might help a lot in really meeting these people.
1: I would think so, yeah. All of us are busy and especially our seniors in the field are busy. There may be many people who want to meet with them and have some time with them. So if it's possible reaching out to them, telling them about our work and asking them about the possibility to set up a brief meeting, I think that may be helpful.
0: And as you are a more senior scholar, Would you react to all emails you get from junior scholars that now will use this strategy? Isn't it overwhelming their mailbox or would they really take the time for doing that? Or how do you see it as a more senior scholar?
1: I think that's the real problem. We may not get a response or our emails may not be read at all. But I think it goes back to the way we craft our emails, the subject line, etc. If we are very careful in those things, our emails may have a better chance of being read. But I think if we tried that at the conference, we have the opportunity to meet and greet and then to... Ask them if they have some time to talk with us about their work and our work.
0: So we just need to be considerate about people's time also, because if we have these senior scholars and we're taking all of their time, they probably won't like you maybe that much anymore. But if we just think about it a little bit when we are having this conversation and be just polite and round the conversation quickly enough, I would think that can help.
1: Right. We should consider the fact that especially senior people, they are very much hard pressed for time, especially at conferences. They have a lot of things to do, a lot of people to meet. Being sensitive to the fact that they are busy, I think that's a great point.
0: Indeed. And can you tell us some personal stories about your first experiences as an academic in networking, going to your first conference? How was that for you?
1: Yeah, my first conference was in 2012 it was the international AIDS association conference because my doctoral research was on HIV AIDS behavior change communication I indeed went to ICA but my first conference was to the international AIDS conference in Washington DC I now know that I should have a list of people that I'm going to meet at the conference but then I didn't do that homework I was not well prepared, so I didn't do well in my first conference, but then with the advice and the tips I got from my mentors, I make sure that I'm going to meet XYZ at this conference. So my first one was not successful, I would say.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And did you grow in the later conferences you went to?
1: Yes. I took the lesson and then before the conference, I do some homework, I do some research and see who is there, who is participating in this and that session, and how am I going to meet him. Mainly, I use that opportunity to meet people whom I know, but like I said, networking is mainly for creating, for building relationships, and perhaps I may not have done enough in that regard.
0: Yeah, but that's also the most scary part, I think. I know. I now go to the ICA conference. I've met some people the year before, and it's easy to just go on the opening reception and talk with them again and catch up a bit on what you've done. So I think the most difficult thing is actually to meet new people, especially when you know some, you stay in your circle. So that's what I struggle often with myself in the networking events.
1: It's obviously intimidating to talk to new people, to talk to people we know through their work, through their publications. But when we happen to meet them in person for the first time, it will not be an easy encounter. If our goal is to create, to build the relationship, the network, we need to work out that intimidating situation.
0: Here in the Belgium and in the Netherlands, we have a local conference. And once a professor said to me there, it's not important to attend the sessions, it's more important to attend the drink after the sessions. What do you think of that?
1: The main idea here is the informal interaction, the informal communication that we have with our colleagues is more important than the formal sessions that we attend in seminar rooms. I think that's true, and for networking, I think that's very important. We need to meet people in the informal context, in the hangout sessions. That's where we can have some private, some personal interactions, and we'll be able to get the opportunity to talk about our projects, our aspirations, our plans. I definitely agree that is more important than the formal sessions because the formal presentations, you'll be able to see the recorded sessions and you'll be able to read the paper once it is published, but you will not be able to get that informal interaction, that informal session once it's gone.
0: So next ICA, there will be no one in the session rooms except for the presenters (laughs) and everyone will be at the restaurant or in the bar or in the lobby. Yeah. You were saying before that for you, uh, coming from Ethiopia, you were emailing people, not even at conferences, just to reach out and find opportunities like that. So for me, networking was always really bound to conferences throughout the year. I don't think I really network with people. Do you think this is also important to try to keep connections or build new connections outside conferences? And how should we do that?
1: We are transitioning from entirely in-person conferences to hybrid virtual modes, so we should be able to do that, to do networking in a virtual context and reaching out to people via email or other means of communication. Like I said, when I first reached out to my professors in Norway. By the way, that's where I did my master's degree. There wasn't even email. I mean, there was email, there was internet. I was not that old. We did not have access to internet, most of us there. So the first thing I did was I sent mail through postal services. And then I received a response and I was able to learn about the opportunities to do my master's degree in Norway, and I got a scholarship, I went there, and I still keep in touch with those people. I think that's what I said earlier, maintaining our connections, maintaining our relationship. I send out an email at least once a year. I send a Merry Christmas email so all my professors in Norway, that's one way of maintaining my connection. So anytime I need anything from them, a recommendation letter or whatever, I'm still fresh in their memory.
0: And you do that because you try to maintain all these connections because you never know when you might still need one of them.
1: Exactly, and I also owe them something. I learned a lot of things from them. They were very helpful once upon a time in my career, in my studentship. So I consider it as one way of expressing my gratitude. I'm still connected. I still think of you. That's one of the messages I want to communicate from a more career-related point of view. I also feel that I might need something from them one day like recommendation letters or some kind of support or witness. So, yeah, it's really good to maintain your connections, even if you may not meet them at a conference in a regular way.
0: And because we were talking about that we will have to network virtually, Especially now, also virtual conferences have become the new normal with the COVID-19 pandemic. We were very lucky this year with ICA that we had the in-person component, but there is also a big online component because we had the hybrid conference. And I also don't think that they will move again to full in-person conferences because there are many advantages from the hybrid part that people from all over the world can participate without having to travel to far places. So... For us as a student and early career advisory committee, we always organize an in-person reception and we tried this year to have the online reception thing going on, but it's always difficult to really have the networking experience there for students to meet each other. Do you have some tips or this online environment, how we can improve meeting each other and networking in a more informal way?
1: Right, I think that's the inherent problem associated with virtual conferences. We cannot have all the flavors of in-person conferences in a virtual setting. But depending on the technology of the platform, there may be some ways to have a private connection and like you say, participating in a virtual hangout.
0: It's really some barrier we have to overcome if we want to make the hybrid format work, because otherwise it's just a problem again of the privileged people that can travel and have the in-person component and the less privileged people with less funding who live farther away In countries that just don't have the means to travel, they miss out on the most important part of conferences, what we discussed, that is the networking. So I really struggle with this, how we should approach this
1: yeah it's really a very important thing to address like you said it's likely to bring about some problems like creating inequalities if possible i would go for the in-person one for all the reasons we said. but like you said from the conference organizers point of view it may be cost effective to do it part virtual part in person so i would say doing it part virtual part in person might be helpful
0: And then on a different note, do you have specific advice for how to network internationally or maybe I have to say interculturally? How should we approach people from different cultures? Because we are really used to our own style of communicating. And I know that in different cultures, it's not always the same way, how we do research, how we approach people. So how should we be sensitive for these things? Or how do we build an intercultural network? Given
1: globalization, I personally do not think cultural differences would be a big problem. Like you said, people in different parts of the world, people in different disciplines, in different universities, in different organizations. So we need to be aware of those differences that we work in different contexts. You reminded me of what I observed in Norway and what my colleague from Italy is telling me. Norway is an egalitarian society. Everybody speaks on equal terms. Everyone is on first name basis. You don't address a senior professor by his surname. You just call him by his first name. But in Italy, that's totally different. You need to be respectful, you need to address your professor, your mentor by his last name, using his title, etc. So during our communication via email or in person, I think we need to be cognizant of those differences.
0: I think it's really important to take into account because if I would send an email to a professor here in Belgium, I would also tend to use the first name because we always do that in our interactions. But even if you said in European countries, it can differ so vastly. I didn't know that about Italy, actually. And do you have more specific advice for a very introverted student and early career scholars, how they navigate the ICA big conference for instance. It's quite intimidating and especially for people that are not very at ease in big groups. How can we get the best experience in terms of networking out of a conference?
1: It's not easy to talk to new people and especially for students and early stage scholars that might be even more intimidating. It all depends on practice and experience. You may not do well in your first or second try, but the more you work on it, the better you'll get. So I would say no matter what your communication style is, whether you are introverted or extroverted, whether you are shy, if you have that goal of connecting with people for different reasons, you need to do it and you need to practice, you should not give up.
0: Great advice. I already got some tips for myself for the next conferences. I would like to thank you. I think that our students and early career members that will listen to this podcast episode, we learn a lot from hearing your insights on networking. So thank you for having this conversation with us. And I really hope we get the opportunity to meet each other in person soon.
1: I hope so, yeah. In our next, I say probably, yeah, Thank you, Lara, for this opportunity.
0: Growing Up Com is a production of the International Communication Association podcast network. Our producer is Kate Inn. Our executive producer is Devon Tai Brown. The team music is by William van de Kommerd. Please check the show notes in the episode description to learn more about me, my guests, and Growing Up Com overall. Thanks for listening.